Captain Picard, priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Am I ready, Roman? Readier Room, the only longest-running, finest-produced, and just, you know, flat-out best Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. In fact, I would extend those superlatives to extend to all of um, Star Trek in general, not just uh, TNG. But our podcast is the only one made by people who were there to see the magic happen, to make the show themselves, and bring you behind-the-scenes lore every week of the month month of the year, year of our lives. My name is Mitchell Mells, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount, and with me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs. Brandon, how are we doing today? Mitch, my uh, my room is readier. The uh, Taliban is back. Really? The world is healing. Yeah, yeah. Good for them. It's uh, nice to see a, mm-hmm. good, a good comeback story. Yeah, I, you know... Um, Everyone wants an underdog to root for, and you know when they when they finally come up like this, it's uh, it's a whole event, really. What's underdog? <sighs> well, that's good for the world. Um, in a bit more personal scale, smaller scale, I'm fucking miserable right now because my eye is killing me. I don't know if I have early onset pink eye or you know, mm-hmm. red eye or what? I haven't taken any flights recently, so I don't think it's a red eye. Yeah, um, we're we're gonna have to gonna have to get that checked out. Um, but you are bravely, I would say, um, doing the podcast for all all our instances, despite your your current disability. Yeah, I um I wanted to mention this just to hopefully see an uptick in you know Patreon subscriptions. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it's good to give back when someone's trying this hard as hard yeah, as i am um and I, I don't think i mean i don't think any other trek podcast would uh would even bother under these circumstances no 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 do you know how many times the orb has delayed their episodes by a week for, <laughs> for very little oh my god those guys well let's not get started on that 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 can be uh we, we can we could have a whole podcast about these other guys and and we will, one day. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, we certainly will. Orb focused episode. Um, we'll we'll have our own uh, review of every orb episode. We're actually gonna do it uh, one episode per week, just like yep. just like uh, TNG. So it might take a while to get back to the TNG content, but uh, right. Rest assured, you'll know our opinions on the orb. Mm-hmm. They're coming. They're coming. Something else that's coming, and it don't stop coming is the question of the week, which hits the ground running. And Mm. this week's question comes from Jans in Madagascar, who writes, Yalo, admirals. Uh, I was curious, which of the bridge members do you think has the highest war relative to their position? Eternally ready or Jans? Ah, I see. Pronounced Yans. I see. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a that's actually a very interesting topic, Jans. It's something that I know a decent amount about, and I think that our listening audience knows zero about. 
knows literally nothing about it. Absolutely, yes. So, for anybody not in the in the know, and you're in the know, right, Brandon? You yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm in the know. I, I'm I'm not. Um, I mean, as you know, I'm not really a Trek fan per se. Right, so. right. Which correlates very highly with being in the know about this. So, right. what war is? Um, it's an acronym. It's not just a you know a battle. A war is wins above replacement which is a statistic a baseball statistic for tracking how much better is somebody's performance than the average person in their role and when applied to star trek you can think about it well how much better is picard than the average captain how much better mm-hmm. is wharf than the average angry klingon um whatever so I think this is an interesting discussion to be had because the Enterprise is clearly presented as having elite members. That's how they're able to get out of so many jams. Um, but to to what extent is that true? And yeah, I let's let's talk about the main cast. So I think that Worf and Riker. Are almost certainly just out. They don't really amaze me. In fact, they just seem mm-hmm. kind of bad at their job sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They they do kind of tend to get themselves into, um, and by extension, the entire ship into ridiculous problems quite often. Right. Uh, Worf. He's always bound by some stupid Klingon honor that he can't really like do his job. Yeah. It's like, oh, and, uh, Captain, I have to go back for the culling ritual. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, Riker, you know, obviously has to <clears throat> have sex with as, as many alien women as possible, which does tend to get the Enterprise into sticky situations. Yeah, I don't know. It just You can't keep it in his pants. He can't. He can't. <laughs> Cannot. So, uh, in terms of war here... Uh-huh. Now, what would Data be considered? Data is a Tin Man? No. Um, what is his job? He's Lieutenant Commander, but mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what role he fills. But look, as far as Lieutenant Commanders go, you're not going to get anyone better than Data. That's true, but let's assume that the average Lieutenant Commander is fine. Like, Data could be the best... But what is the margin between him and the average, right? Mm-hmm. He could be. Yeah, it, it could be that there's there's a very low ceiling on being a good lieutenant commander. Exactly. And at that point, it, he might... Because I, I have an answer in mind, um, mm-hmm. which might be the Dark Horse. And I think that the answer has got to be Wesley Crusher. Relative to what an ensign does. <laughs> an acting ensign, mind you. Right. He he has to kill this 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 category, okay. this statistic. Alright. That's that's my belief. Okay. Well, counterpoint, how many acting ensigns have ever existed? Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Now, later on in the season, Crusher becomes a full ensign. Okay. Okay, the, the issue is, the issue is, all of his feats really happened while he was acting Ensign. He's still got two feet when he becomes a full Ensign. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he was never defeated, so he still got them both. Okay. Um, I think that's a good point that acting ensign is might not be a real role to have its uh, statistic, its war statistic tracked. And and look, um, even if there were more acting ensigns than Wesley, um, they would also have to be. Uh, extremely capable to be to be considered acting ensign, you know, picked from a, a handful of civilians on a ship, right? So they they could also be, you know, inventing novel like I don't know magnet things and fixing the ship's engine and stuff for their you know their own respective crew. This is true. All right. Well, then, if not Wesley, uh, what are you backing data here? I I I think I might, but you, like I I think we might have to look up what lieutenant commanders do. So bear with me. Are you going to memory alpha? We're going to memory alpha. What is a lieutenant commander? Lieutenant commander. Well, while you're doing uh, that, I just want to say that the answer to this question is most certainly not Troy. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not. Um, as a counselor, she counsels almost no one yeah. and um when she does it's basically just repeating their feelings back to them which is the secret to therapy as we all know not doing right, anything right right i'm just getting a history of lieutenant commanders nothing nothing about what they do does he he doesn't like drive the ship right he just kind of no, I think he. I think he. I mean, he would have to do some kind of navigation because the 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 front of the ship there. That's all. That's what that's about. You know. True. Um. But at that point, he's basically just like a ship's computer. Well, yeah, but you, you see, like the ships. I mean, just by virtue of being like a ship's computer, he's got to be better than the average lieutenant commander. Yeah, but what is the difference in performance when um, the average lieutenant commander could just ask the computer for the, the information that data outputs? Yeah, okay, but it's he's not just outputting things. I mean, he saves everyone's ass a lot. He's super strong. He is very strong. He regularly opens doors that appear to be unopenable. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, bitch slaps Picard. Yes. So... Well, as, you know, I don't want to spoil too much of today's episode, but he is vulnerable. And mm -hmm. that is that is often the thrust of storylines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, he does kind of uh, put the crew in compromising positions sometimes. Yeah, and then takes oh. pictures of them. <laughs> no, no, no. That was Rick. Um Okay, I mean, fair, fair. For the The problem is, I guess, that we're getting into is that for every great thing one of the crew does, there's um, an, an equal but opposite horrible thing they do to their peers. No, um, not Wesley Crusher. He's he's actually unapproachable, or um, not unapproachable, unassailable. Doesn't do anything. Unreproachable. He's he's beyond reproach. Beyond reproach. Um, I guess, I guess you're right about that. Which is part of the problem, I suppose. Part of the problem everybody has with him. 
you yeah you you may be right about this in the end then because he has nothing to balance out his um his godlike Gary Stu traits. Wow, that's a so it's a deep cut thing. It's an old one from the fanfiction.net. We we like fanfiction.net. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do, we do. All right, well, I'm gonna go with uh, Wesley Crusher to answer Jan's question here. Um, we're just talking about the crew, right? As opposed to what? As opposed to anyone in Star Trek. Well, if you have another idea, I, I wouldn't mind hearing it. I'm a Guinan. Ooh, that's good. That's a that's <laughs> As a, a bartender. That's a really good answer. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'm in for it. Uh, you you really you really tickled yourself with that one. Yeah, well, I, it's it is a good answer because I mean, what bartender um, even comes close to to Guinan? That's true. I you know I think I think I'm I'm gonna allow it. I'm going to say that Guinan is applicable. I mean, she works on the ship. Mm-hmm. She's a member of the crew. And she's also... She's in, the, she's in the promotional photographs. Yeah. She won a fucking Oscar. For this? Maybe. I, I don't I don't know what Whoopi Goldberg's Oscar was for. I know if there were Star Trek movies, then she might have been in them. Well, yeah. Anyway. Um... There's plenty of bartenders to bring that average down. That's true. So I'll 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 give you a counter argument that Guinan adjacent, Guinan's hats are doing a lot more work than the average hat. Mm-hmm. Not to be forgotten. Right. I, I mean that's a fair point. I I really have to go with Guinan though. I'll 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 stick with you on that, and if we're st- only sticking the bridge crew, then I'll pick Wesley Crusher. But okay, anybody right. on the ship, I'm in for Guinan. I I can concede, I can concede that. All right, I have to concede that. You have to concede that. You must concede. I don't really that. I don't really have a choice. <laughs> well, if you guys at home are like Jan and you want to have us answer your question of the week. Um, once a week, on the week, by the week, then you can email us at thereadyroom at gmail.com, and that's with a capital T, a capital R, and a third capital letter, which is also an R. Um, or you can DM us on Twitter at thereadyroom. I have good news. We did get that imposter account taken off of mm-hmm, Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's your safe. You know, one else but us is going to know your deepest, darkest weekly questions. Right, right. And um, feel free to super follow us as well. Yes, yes. We are testing out Twitter's new super follow feature. And um, similar to the Patreon, there's hidden rewards for doing so. But they're unique from the Patreon rewards. So if you're already subscribed to the Patreon, it behooves you to also super follow the Ready Room Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Certainly does behoove you. Yes, get behooved. Behooved. Okay. So this week we're talking about an episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. Season 2, episode 6-ish. 5, maybe? Somewhere around there, yep. Yeah, and uh, it's by the title of Schizoid Man. I almost said something else. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> which I think has one of the higher deltas between uh, strength of the idea and weakness of the execution. Hmm. You sound troubled. Well, um, I I think I think it was executed fairly well. Not perfectly, but well enough. I thought this episode was pretty boring. Oh God, Mitch. And I will not apologize. Okay. Okay. So, I I I think that a lot of the the first act is goes on for too long it kind of extends Mm -hmm. into the second act if we're just going by commercial breaks but the first part of the plot where they're going to grave graves world um terrible name by the way but i'm not going to hold that against it um i think that stuff goes on for too long and then i believe that the rest of the episode is entirely sunk by the fact that they reveal what's going on immediately yeah, it's it's never really left to the imagination or, or as a mystery or anything like that, which I guess I do agree with you. The the um, the irony there is, uh, I guess, kind of the the dramatic irony is is misplaced in an episode like this. Yeah, because it's the consequences to Data as a character are not interesting enough to carry what becomes half an hour or so of the crew interacting with Data, Data being rude to them, and everyone being befuddled and looking around the room. What's his deal? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I guess I can't argue with you on that. It, it To me, it robbed so many scenes of tension to the point where they just became pointless. Uh, right, And right. what's weird about all this is that you wouldn't need to rewrite the script so much because what immediately outs the secret to the audience is the lighting of all things data yes. data walks into view and he's just he's not lit he, he's backlit so he <laughs> appears in shadow and he just immediately looks sinister and you're like okay i guess i know exactly what happens right well I, I I would say that um that the the dr graves mentioning his plan to um upload his mind to a computer looking directly at the camera winking and then asking data where his off switch is might have something to do with it as well uh, yeah that um, which which data is ready to give up the the information about where his off switch is i, I don't know i can handle data being a naive child no well, 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 well you'll remember that he made a big deal about telling crusher this oh you're before. right I yep. okay. So never mind. This does not make sense. He was like, "Oh, I wouldn't tell this to anyone, except for an old man I met ten minutes ago." So let's talk about the um, the grandpa stuff, which is what Graves has data call him by virtue of him teaching Doctor Soon what he knew mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm just trying to think about why that was there in in the script from a uh, utilitarian perspective like what purpose does that serve 
if that yeah. if that's the reason why data is forthcoming with this guy because he feels like a <laughs> some kind of familial bond with him yes I and th- that that could be the lazy excuse there yes it's but it is weird it's certainly weird it's, it's stupid yeah um it's uncomfortable and it... there's something about the word grandpa that um an, an adult man saying it it just kind of it's like nails on a chalkboard yeah it's that's awkward and what am i trying to say here it 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 kind of feels like it should have been written to be a lie with how the episode plays out um or something there should have been more to it but instead it's just kind of brought up accepted and true and is of seemingly a very little consequence I, I guess, but so so I think I think it's more to do with the um the resulting sort of Dr. Graves in Data's body mourning himself at the funeral or whatever. Um and and kind of explaining away for the sake of the dramatic irony, for the sake of the crew not connecting two and two together, that um, you know, Data did have some kind of connection to this guy or whatever. Um, you know, he's calling him grandpa. So I think ultimately, yes, it, it does come down to some poorly thought out um, sort of I- I- emotional intent given to Data that was given no room to breathe or any reason to really exist, what, given what we know about the character. Yeah, I, I, I accept that as a flimsy excuse. Um, begrudgingly accept that. So that... I don't know. That's the, that's the seed of where this episode goes wrong. It's that beginning, mm-hmm. uh, the introduction of that relationship, how it plays out, and then the the, the cinematography of the um, of what is to be the reveal. And right, it, right. It, when you when you light it like that, it has to it has to be intentional. Um, oh, definitely. So I don't know what they really thought the tension in this episode, where it would come from. Well, it eventually becomes a a ticking clock sort of situation um, where his personality is overriding Data's, and you know if we don't act soon, our Data's gonna be lost. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't is... work as a ticking clock because there's no way for the audience to know how close that is to happening or not. Oh, certainly, no. I I I thought that was lazy, and it really only served to um, to complement. The musical sting as we cut to commercial in like the fourth act or so right it's like we need something to to end this this act on so right let's right. just throw this in and to be honest right. they might not have mentioned it again after that and i wouldn't have noticed no they didn't yeah no it's that's just endemic of the problems that i that i have with this episode um okay it's it's hinging so much on the fact that you are um invested in the consequence of what happens but it makes every attempt possible to uh remove any dramatic tension so it's so I, yeah i will say that i was not necessarily interested in in the conclusion of this of this conflict but i did think brent did a good job with the role i i, I enjoyed that I don't know. The, every time Data gets corrupted, I feel like Brent has the same performance. 
Um, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the episode where it's the late episode and Picard and Data are wearing like sun and moon masks, and Data Data's like some kind of vengeful sun god. I don't remember this now. <laughs> okay, well, he basically in that episode, um, he he gets possessed by a variety of personalities and gives a variety of performances, but. They all kind of mm-hmm. feel the same. His voice always has the exact same timbre to it when he's not uh, speaking in the flat data way, where it kind of takes on more of a, like a nasally uh, timbre to it. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I've seen I, it I, so many I, times from, from Brent in this show that I don't get it wowed by it anymore and i think part of the reason it's impressive or seemingly so is because it's just not data and when it's when it moves away from data it's very noticeable and thus you're kind of like tricked into thinking that it's a better performance than it is i don't think that's true i mean i think i think brent as lore and brent as dr graves no um, wait no not dr graves dr soon no, Doctor Graves. He did not play Doctor Graves. Oh, you mean when he's yes, okay. When he's yes, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> he, he did because he did because he did play Doctor Soom. Doctor, yeah. Um, Brent as Lore and Brent as Doctor Graves, I think, are two very obviously different characters. And I think, um, for me personally, I totally believed that, um the the dr graves character between the two actors was the same character i didn't i didn't once feel that there was a disconnect there which i think is i mean i, I think it's impressive in its its own way i i agree with that um i guess i guess i do have to give praise to that uh that that is a an impressive acting display gotcha ha. <laughs> no <laughs> Um, if you, if you enjoy Brent, um, taking data out for a spin, then I do recommend that episode I was referencing a moment ago. It's like season Mm -hmm. six or seven. I can help you find it if you want. Um, but it's, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get there. Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) remind me about this in five years. Um, but it's, it. Like I said, he plays several different personalities, and almost the entire episode he spends possessed. It's it's kind of a data Brent tour de force, tour de France. <laughs> I mean, I can believe you in that context when you say that they all kind of blend together, because I mean, it is definitely possible that that is the case. I just think in this particular instance, I I think it worked out well. How do you feel about um, Brent playing data doing stand up comedy? <laughs> I'd rather not talk about that ever again. I, I, don't, I said it before. I'll say it again. I enjoyed that. <laughs> the uh, oh yeah, the, the the arm waving. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. Uh, yeah, no, I was just doing it too. I've been thinking about it ever since we watched that episode. <laughs> it's it's funny. I, I it's good physical. You know, Brent Spiner is ostensibly a comedian. Like really. He's on night ostensibly. court. Ostensibly, I mean, yeah, he 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 does. He did have his uh, his curb knockoff YouTube show. Yeah, which everybody should go watch 
and comment on uh, the radio room sent me here. Yeah. Yes, please do that. Uh, just um, go to Brent it's, it's really YouTube good. channel. Yeah, it's. I think it's the only the only videos he has on there. Yeah, that and um, um, some ones that got unlisted. Cook, cooking a pizza or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we were not invited to. Uh, no, no. Which you know, I I'm kind of known on the set for being the pizza guy. Like I'm the one yeah. who likes pizza. And it's kind of ridiculous that. Well, I mean, you you remember um, the uh, the the fig pizza incident. Yes, I don't feel any shame. I don't want. I don't want to get in. Whatever. I don't feel any shame about it. It's oh, it's perfectly reasonable to want people to experience new kinds mm -hmm. of pizza, new toppings, and mm -hmm. you know, you just want to surprise somebody. So right. You, who cares if someone's you know it turns out to be allergic it's just you it was done with good intentions right right and you know the guy eats pineapple on his pizza all right yeah. don't tell me he couldn't handle a few figs right figures Ugh. the talent the talent you know yeah it's <sighs> it's the long if you're in the industry you know if you know you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. yeah anyway um, um all so, right yeah let's uh let's get, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of this episode and you know give the ensigns what they really want huh i know everybody's waiting for one thing and they're gonna they're gonna keep pounding their desks talk about data's beard talk about data's beard uh-huh uh -huh. and uh yeah, sure there's a lot going on there there's a lot going on and surprisingly little going on at the same time <laughs> um so when from you know give you some behind the scenes stuff with the beard uh, we when we were putting the costume together, we only had the mustache, and we had to you know put this together at the eleventh hour because it's, it's a short scene. It got added pretty late. So yeah, we're like, well, what yeah. do, what do we do for the beard? We can't have mustache data. That's defeating the whole point. You know, as we get into, and um, somebody somebody had the the idea like, oh well, we have this brown magic marker. Let's just kind of scribble it in, and you can tell when you when you watch the scene that. Um, the mustache is a lot thicker than the beard by virtue of being mm -hmm. fake hair and not um, ink. And uh, luckily, in the standard definition, you really can't tell anything beyond that because you just kind of see this brown, you know, smuts on Data's face, and you're like, I guess it's a beard. Right, right, yeah. right. So yeah, and um, yeah, the, so yeah, that scene was definitely added at the eleventh hour, um, as I think any. Any ensign worth his salt knows, right? right. Um, it was an obvious dig at Frakes, um, who had been kind of uh, kind of haranguing the uh, the rest of the the male cast about about growing a beard, you and know, ever since he grew his. It had only been a few weeks at that time. It, it had, yeah. It was kind of fresh in his own mind, and he was going around claiming it would, uh, you know, increase your testosterone or downregulate. What what do you call him? Phyto something. Phyto stomagens. Um, I, I don't know. It's the same kind of thing that he he tried to ward off with the onion bagels. I don't really know what yes. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the hell he was into. But um, yeah. So <laughs> obviously people got a little fed up with this, and um, you know, Les kind of decided to take it into his own hands, and uh, so he crafted this scene, and 
when when we started shooting, um, you know, the 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 bit when they walk into Data's room and he's about to look in the mirror or whatever. Les called Frakes over um, to watch the take. I don't know, like claiming he needed his his opinion on it or or something or other, right? And um, the instant Frakes sees Brent's beard in the mirror, uh, he, <laughs> he just burst into tears and ran right off the set. Um, it was a red letter as day. Many, as many have speculated over the years, um, we, this was the cause of Marina's uncharacteristically believable performance in this scene. Inspiration can come from anywhere. That's one of the it secrets really can. of acting. It really can. And, you know, I love these impromptu um, little little scenes like this that kind of change the tone of the entire episode. You know, um, Data doesn't bring his beard with him physically to right. the episode, but he brings it with him spiritually. Well, I mean, Yar was killed off last season. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that, that is true. That is true. Yes. Um, but she does make an appearance later, as, as we will discuss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she does. Good lord. Um, or, or, or we could discuss it now. No, yeah. no, no. Let's, 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 no, let's do it chronologically. Let's, let's, let's go through the episode and, and give it time to breathe, huh? Okay, so it's, it's funny to mention this scene because it does happen first and it connects to literally nothing. Data just gets a beard because, you know, you know, to strike back at, at the menace that was Jonathan Frakes. Mm -hmm. um, does not serve the story at all. No, no. Um, there's no real relation to anything that goes on. You could uh, make a very ham-fisted attempt at metaphor, where like, oh, the beard is hiding Data's identity, and Data's face ends up hiding uh, Graves' identity. Right. It, the beard is a metaphor for Data. Which, you know, obviously makes no sense, but I've seen people grasp it at, at more distant straws. Yeah, Trek fans will do anything. The idiots that they are. So, there's a strange thing, because the Enterprise starts on a mission when they get a distress call for, for medical backup on a distant planet that's barely inhabited by, by just two mm -hmm. people. And along the way... They get another call from a ship full of people that, that needs their help. Right. And this is seemingly um, a crisis, because they have two competing demands on their time. And uh, they have to serve both of them. They can't just let people die. And after mm -hmm. some brainstorming, they come up with the idea to beam down some people to that planet, and then the rest of the ship heads off to help the, the larger uh, crowd of people in need of help. Right, and and, and we see the, uh, the very extreme, rarely used near-warp transport technique. Yes. Yes, that is indeed very extreme, and for some reason... It exists. I I don't that I had to rewind this when I was rewatching it because it, it's they're explaining it to Counselor Troy and Troy's she seems concerned like what's gonna happen? Am I gonna die? And Riker's mm -hmm. like ah oh, it's, it's calm the fuck down. And then she's like what? And then in mid sentence she's teleported away. It was so weird. 
Well, and then they touch down on the planet, and nothing has really happened. She's not surprised. She just kind of looks around, and she's like, huh, I thought I was in that wall. And then Worf, with the zinger, you were. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um, unnecessary. Maybe, you know, we just needed to touch on, you know, for the real fans, uh, what it what it truly means to warp and transport someone at the same time, because I'm sure someone would have had a problem with it. I, it's just it, beyond unnecessary. It's confusing to me. Its presence mm -hmm. confused me, where I thought that something more, uh, I don't know, dangerous, nefarious was going on. I don't know. It was, it was just yeah, weird. something with higher stakes. Right. But no, um, it's just like every I, other warp. <laughs> I think it was well so the 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 splitting up of the crew I guess was kind of just an excuse to get the less competent people down on the planet so data could be taken over um although we do also have a fan favorite Vulcan character uh oh she's a fan favorite as well she's a fan favorite yeah 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 that's that's to me seems to be the only um justification for splitting up the the crew like this to introduce mm -hmm. this character yeah who yeah. doesn't do anything that pulaski couldn't have done but is sexier certainly I, certainly um vulcan no but it's the reason that i'm harping on this split of the crew is that what ultimately ends up happening is that the enterprise fucks off to go help that uh other ship full of needy people and then they do it and come back and there's you never see it and it's of no consequence they they just fuck off for five minutes and then they're back and then they're back right but exactly the consequence is that had you know picard been on the planet data wouldn't have been taken over i don't buy that i don't buy that because if you don't think so no i think it's perfectly reasonable to have written the scene where um you have this moody uh, guy near death and he's like i only want to talk to data because my old friend made him and i am his grandfather yeah, by and, and then picard just respects that and i don't yeah it, nothing about that seems difficult to swallow for the audience that's true all right yeah that's yeah so i got nothing then to be honest i th i had thought in some ways that there would be parallel a and b stories here that this um other task for the enterprise especially given that pulaski opts to go there would be more right. um more of a focus and be like an a and b plot thing now what's even weirder about this is that it, it seems like it would be a good idea to have pulaski be more central to this story given her misgivings with data right okay yeah it's to me having her be there to witness this happening and be more involved in the uh kind of like the brainstorming of what's going on and uh kind of be this voice of of negativity where it's like no you know data doesn't have a personality this is just some kind of malfunction and just kind of like talk mm -hmm. down maybe prolong the plot add some reasonable doubt to things so it's not so clear to the audience um yeah i mean that's a fair point 
But, you know, it's... Obviously, it's very difficult and time-consuming to get Gates into the makeup. So I get it, but... Yeah. Yeah, it took us a long time before we were able to kind of do that in a timely fashion and and have her appear in in the majority of an episode. Right. So, you know, I I understand, but... that's the theme of this episode. It's good ideas that just aren't executed, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I suppose so. But you know, at least we got uh, we got a sexy Vulcan, we got a we, sexy Vulcan doctor girl. Um, there were a number of um, good-looking women in this episode. Yes, yes, there were the uh, the girl who who sends the distress call. Yep. Actually, in volume, very, very cute. a number, I mean two. That's the number. Two, yep. It was, yes, it is a number. It is a number. Um, so, yeah, we, um, God, we, we, we learned that, um, we learned that Dr. Graves is fittingly to his name, dying. Wow. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't even notice that. That's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's dying of what they call Darnay's disease. Um, right, which you know the the original name for for Darnay's disease had to be changed because it didn't make it past the network censors. Yeah, um, I mean, but there... Darnay's disease would go on to to be part of the larger apocrypha. Wait, I guess really? you would say. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find it all over the place. Like in real life? No, 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 no. Like in Pocket Trek. Oh, okay, okay. Well, mm-hmm. there was a lot of censorship in this episode, just in general. Um, luckily we caught that one before the episode got filmed, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now whenever this episode airs in syndication, there's this one line that always gets cut. Um, what was it? It's Graves. He's talking to Data and mm-hmm. he says women aren't people. And I don't really know why, but that, that line just never makes it to air these days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That did get cut. I'm surprised it's even on Netflix. Um, the um the shot the shot where data is looking at the uh the that crew members uh behind as he walks out the door as well oh yes mhm that that would usually get cut you know they there's all this talk about like, well this couldn't get made in 2021 and I, you know i think they're completely right you could not make tng in 2021 i mean i don't think people even have standard definition cameras anymore Oh no, no, no! Um, there's no way. Mm-mm, definitely. What happened uh, next? We're talking about chronological. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm blanking here. Um, it's because no- nothing of consequence happens. <laughs> okay, so then, then he puts his mind into data, and they beam back up. All of them, every single one of them. Right. Even the body. Even the body. So I had thought that. There's this setup where they uh, said, oh, we must honor Dr. Graves' last wish of being um, ejected in the space. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, I, I thought this was some kind of setup for like Data's, Data's personality being inside of that body. <laughs> and then Data um, would be like, no, don't eject me. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that is such a stupid thing to think. Um, <laughs> but I, I honestly, I wouldn't put it past the writers. I don't think it's that stupid. I'm defending my right. idea here. Come on. Yeah, well, well. I mean, in terms of conflict, I guess that's about that's about all they could really do. Um, 
you know, if, if they weren't going to do what they did here. That, that's pretty classic Trek, I think, to have. You know, it is. It's classic Trek. Well, I'm the real data. <laughs> right. 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 We already have plenty of those episodes. It's like Worf is holding a phaser. He's looking at the two of them. <laughs> and then and then um, Graves in uh, Data's body is trying to take command of the situation and act pompous. And he's like, uh, Commander Worf, I can't believe you would think that I'm not the right, the correct Data. And then Worf's <laughs> like, ah, oh, that's a contraction. Gotcha, bitch. And, yep, uh, yep, yep. Yep, the old contractions. Yep, it always comes back to those. Um, I I I would like that episode, the ver- that version of this episode. <laughs> ends with a standoff in in uh, the top of engineering next to that big yep. coil thing. Yeah, that that would be that would be some that that would be a, that's like the making of a classic episode right there. They they should have um, I I they should have listened to my ideas more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They should have. We can all they agree really to that. Yeah. We keep um, we keep coming up these roadblocks. We're like, oh, let's talk so, about this episode so in chronological they, they, order. And yeah. well, they, they they an interesting bit for the for the audience the um the funeral scene that they have um for Doctor Graves. I keep forgetting his name. Um, the funeral scene that was actually mostly shot on location. Um, very which explains. Yeah. Hmm? No, go ahead. You can you can you can hear it in the audio, right? right. I was we we only gonna, had like a, a cheap stage mic. I was gonna say it was just a very very expensive shoot. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm not really sure what what possessed Les to to think that we needed to do that, but um, it was it was so claustrophobic that we eventually gave up. And you you'll see like the latter part of that scene um, is kind of back to normal. We built a set, just done it like the normal way. Um, but, but you know, yeah, I don't know. It's cool to get a little closer to the to the source material like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. It, it, I guess you know sometimes you just have to blow the budget just to to show that you you need it, right? Mm. So um, I think that was kind of one of those cases. Yeah, we did make a mistake um, of doing this with you know roughly fifteen or so episodes left in the season, but right, but it was right. worth it. Well, Les was always kind of. Um, a braver director, I would say. He he would take you know those small steps for, for him, and giant mm-hmm. leaps for for us. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, data, data. Well, Graves as Data does his own kind of eulogy. I um, thought that was cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it bothered me that Picard grilled him so much on it. Yeah, I don't really understand that i no, actually i kind of do so in the context of picard and everybody i guess always shutting down data when he's not uh socially elegant um this tracks you know there's plenty of times where people just say data data data, shut up and but uh, it is it's a funeral yeah I don't know. I could I could go either way. It doesn't bother me that much. I'll say that. Eh, I don't know if I liked it. I don't But I, whatever. I don't know. I don't I didn't like that part specifically. I don't have a problem with it, but what I did like was the this this idea of a guy 
uh, giving his own eulogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you no, know, it, it, it was funny. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of problems with this episode. That scene's not necessarily one of them. Mm-hmm. It, it is meaningless to the plot, but you know it's enjoyable. Well, again, it's 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 you know Brent actually doing a good job. I think. Nah, I think more of the strength of that scene is in the the writing of the eulogy rather than the performance. No, get out of here. I'm not going to get out of here. I'm still here. Get out of here. Log off. I'm here. I'm clear. Get used to it. So it's around this time that they, they start figuring out that Data is not uh, not really acting normally. And it's also around this time that we as an audience start pulling our hair out. <laughs> yes. 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a, it, there's a, there's a few few back and forths that really aren't worth mentioning, are there? It's just you know, data being a dick, going to ten forward, you know, back and forth and shit, perving on women. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, they eventually decide to run some tests on him and. Um, Troy takes him to sit down and and watch some scenes from Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, this is... I was very angry about this. I had a fight. Yeah. Like a a verbal (laughs) argument. I, um... Yeah, you you mentioned this a lot. (laughs) It's so dumb. So, leading up to this, Troy's the one who's the most suspicious of Data, which Mm -hmm. is kind of weird, because I'll get into that in a second, but she's like, let's make him take a psychological test. I think his personality is off. And, um, okay, so what they do is, we're gonna, Data, we're going to show you a bunch of images, and they're going to flash for a second, and we're going to track your emotional response to all of these. Okay. So, Data is watching the images flash by, and it quickly becomes apparent that most of them are just taken as stills from different episodes of TNG, where they would yes. never be able to get this photo. Like, where does... Where did they have a photo of um, what was the name of that auditor, who ended up being like a bug man? You know what I'm talking the, about the auditor who was a bug man. Yeah, in the end of season one, he was like, "Oh, um, oh, we're gonna t- stop the entire podcast until I can think." It starts with an R, doesn't it? Riker. No. <laughs> uh, All right, let's go I, to it's, memory. It's not Ramsey. It's not Ramsey. It's Uh, Ren, Renly, Ren... Remming? Remming. No. No, it's gotta be... No, it's... Remick. 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 Okay. So there's a picture of Remick on the Enterprise. Like, where would they get that picture? There's, like, a picture of Yar just um, out in the field. (laughs) At at her own funeral. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's it. Yes. The funeral Yar. (laughs) And it's... They're all framed exactly like the camera of the show, rather than... Uh, maybe like a security camera or, or something more um, diegetic. So it's super annoying. And, you know, I, I kept bringing this up to the powers that be. And I'm like, you know, this is breaking the lore of the show. It doesn't make any sense. We can just take some pictures right. pretty easily with these actors. We don't need to have some of them. We don't need to bring back Remick. It'll be fine. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget Gene's response to me. 
He said, mm-hmm. who is this? Get off my lot before I call security. And um, I didn't realize he felt so strongly about his vision for the episode, but I guess that's why he's the father of modern sci-fi and I'm just on a fucking podcast. I guess so, Mitch, but we don't need him. We don't need him. We don't need him. Um, the, the results the the speak day, for themselves. Right, right. You know, look who's still kicking. Exactly. All right. If he's so, so smart, why is he dead? Right. Right. <laughs> oh, God, what a loser. Idiot. Uh, Idiot genes. Um, bad genes. Bad, bad genes. Bad genes. Bad, bad genes. genes. Bad gene, feel bad. <laughs> so it's around this time that we learn it's a ticking clock. Yeah, let, no, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot I want to mention here. So before we get into the ticking clock, Troy's oh, the one yes. who's, who's suspicious of data, and right. you would think that she would immediately just know something's wrong by virtue of sensing emotions from data, which she does. Right, right, and right. she kind of treats this as just an anomaly. Like, oh, that's that's weird. Something might be going on. As opposed to the physical impossibility that it should be. And not <laughs> not just raising the immediate red flag as soon as Data right. returns to the ship. Um, and getting people to check on him. It's not given the... Um, the weight that it deserves given how ridiculous it is. Inherently yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. People, people's reactions are a little bit nonchalant until they have to not be, yes. I guess. Um, she should have noticed something was off at the very latest when Data sat down to watch those scenes and used a contraction. Yes. Um, he says, it's, I believe. And, you know, when was the last time Data used a contraction? Um, probably in some stupid episode where they forgot about so, this rule. So- but canonically, it was lore. Do you think that um, this is some kind of subtle foreshadowing for the audience members who are alert enough to pick this up, but not smart enough to have grasped the the lighting uh, for uh, foreshadowing earlier? Yeah, wow, that you know that could be that could be, which is a very very small uh, percentage of the audience. <laughs> Um, I mean, to be fair, uh, a contraction is a lot less obvious than, uh, than, than, you know, the, the framing a scene like that. Um, you, and you can tell because the writers often forget it themselves. I want to meet the guy who watches like 75% of this episode and then is like, wow, he's in Data's body. What? <laughs> I could go my whole life with never meeting that guy. I'm uh, I'm perfectly fine. Of all the guys I've made, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. He is. He certainly is one. Yes. Um. So what we is, learn that. Yeah. Yeah. What is the tipping yeah. point that uh, where everybody knows exactly what's going on? Like what? What so leads to that? It's it's so. Troy goes in and tells them that there's two personalities. Um, Picard, I think, just kind of comes to the conclusion himself where they... It's it's him, Troy, and I think Riker standing in the ready room where they go over for, like, the 10th time Data's current personality traits, you know, um, irreverent, 
pompous, that kind of thing. And, you know, Riker's like, who does that sound like? Or something like that. And then Picard looks into the camera and says, oh, no. <laughs> right? Does Picard know no graves at all to to you know know no. that sounds like graves no he's just a guy <laughs> that they helped yeah i'm sure it happened in a logical way uh, i think we just forgot there, there's but... such there's such a, a bizarre balance that has to go on where they have to write these characters to have reasonable expectations and not just immediately jumps to something so outrageous as this dead guy implanted his personality in the data. But they also mm -hmm. have to write them to have lived the experiences that they have, which is a bunch of <laughs> ridiculous things. Like, yeah, ridiculous shit happens every other day for these people. Right. So at what point do you, the only way to write these characters is them just putting out a bunch of, crazy ideas of what could be happening just because they've seen right. it all before which right. would be a hilarious scene i think you get everybody in the conference room to to talk about like some like um like uh jordy's been having a lot of migraines lately and you know troy raises her hand she's like do you think some kind of like parasite has went into his ear and is taking over his body and um then War <laughs> wharf chimes in he's like maybe he's feeling some dissonance between him how he's acting and how his alternate universe self is acting. <laughs> they kind of uh, go around uh, the table. Uh, a bug from an alternate dimension laid eggs in his brain. <laughs> maybe Jordy's maybe caught in a time loop. <laughs> I mean, logically, yes, that is where these characters would end up. They would all be sitting in a conference room with PTSD about all the horrible shit they've gone through and just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. So to a degree, you do have to kind of write them as a little bit stupid. That's a that's a really good comedy sketch, I think. It is, it is. That's, uh, you know, once once the readier room becomes a, a Trek variety show, Watch I out. think we've got our first sketch. Our ideas are numerous. Yeah, yeah. Don't try to steal it. So, so at what? the same time, oh, do you want to talk about something? No, no, no. I don't. Right. I don't want to talk about anything. I don't know why I do <laughs> podcast. Because uh, you can go ahead if you want. No, you go ahead. I don't remember exactly the timeline of events in this episode so well. well. So, like, I'm, so I'm ready to at, jump to the end. At the same time, we learn that. Um, Dr. Graves, as Data, uh, can't control his own strength and um, can't help but beat everyone up. He, I, just, he just can't help but punch everyone and break their bones. I, I don't mind the idea that he doesn't realize his strength. Um, uh, no, but, but what? Was, was this guy throughout his entire life, every time he had some kind of conflict with someone, he would slap them across the face? Yeah, no... For example, him kind of crushing his um, lady friend's hand while he's while he's holding her hand—that makes sense to me. Him right, that makes sense. Accidentally punching everybody does not. Right, it's not at all convincing, and it's the crux of why he gives up. That's true. That is how they it's, defeat him. Like what? He just decides. Oh, I've punched one too many people. Time to give up. 
I like was, what? I was cool with with destroying the sentient being's consciousness, right? But, I, but, I, but his moral compass will not allow a little bit of violence, right? Um, it it would have been more interesting if his personality and Data's personality kind of merged and like got corrupted or something. That and he was better. watching himself deteriorate in real time or something, and he was like, oh, you know, I want to give us the dignity of not having to go through this, or something like that. Right. So, something more emotional. Maybe play, yeah. on, play on his rejection from his lady friend. Yeah, yeah. But, you like, see, it happened too late in the episode, and like you said, the beginning of the episode was just drawn out. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, so was the rest of it, with all these stupid little Data being an asshole scenes. Don't you like this episode? I, I guess I've kind of come to not eh, I wouldn't say I dislike it because I mean, I like it while realizing it's not that great of an episode. It's it's really not. Yeah. So there's this I, cl- climactic standoff. Um, between Graves and Picard, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Picard ends up like getting slapped. There's oh, 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 in engineering. Yes. Which, yes. which we got a new elevator for that we built from the ground up. Right. Right. And we were all excited to see it used. Um, it's it's more sturdier than the old model. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Patrick still didn't trust it, though, um, after after all the accidents no. that we had on, on the, uh, the prototype model. So um, all those scenes where Picard's riding the elevator, that's that's all Jeff Deacon, of course. Um, brave guy. Well, it's really fortunate for him that, you know, he's really turned his baldness around by finding the one useful application of it, which is being a a body double for Mm -hmm. Patrick Stewart. Right, right, right. I mean, what else could he have done? Uh, solar panel. (laughs) So, yeah, they have a little standoff, huh? And it's, um... Not very exciting. Nope. This would have, you know, talking about a more emotional resolution to this or a more uh, dialogue-driven resolution to this, it's a lot, it's a great opportunity to have Picard there to give his speech and and reason Mm -hmm. with this guy. But really, Picard just comes up and says, you can't do this. And uh, then (laughs) Graves just spurgs out. He's like, yeah! And he just slaps him. <laughs> yes, that is how I would describe that scene. Um, and and then the episode resolves itself. Um, another instance of again, when the crew has no autonomy in terms of the episode resolving, it's uninteresting. Right. It, it feels inconsequential. It is boring. Yes. So there's. There's no tension, there's no consequences, and there's no agency. Right. What is right. there? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um again, well, I know I'll I'll get into it once we do our wrap up, but yes, I, I agree with that. Um Dr. Graves uploads himself to the Enterprise computer. Which um, feels a lot more uh serious than it is. A lot heavier than it ends up being, to me at least. When I heard, well, yeah. When I heard that, I I thought, 
what is he going to show up in a later episode how does this work exactly right 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 yeah well oh yeah no i mean so so he does he will end up showing up not not in an episode but again in the the apocrypha um he shows up in the the star trek captain's chair series of dos games um as a a romanceable character actually um because he had by then merged with the enterprise's computer and begun identifying as trans mm. um which I mean, thank you for mentioning because we had to get that out there for you know <laughs> the Trek experts who probably would have tweeted at us incessantly about that. Yes, we know about the DOS games. Um, no, we haven't played them. Um, we're we're not nerds. Well, we, we have better things to do. We do, but that might be good content for the Readier YouTube channel, which is to do a let's play of R the... Readier plays. Readier plays. Yes. Uh, there you go. To do, yeah. a, to do a readier play of the DOS games. That's that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's let's um put that put that on the on the table and, and really think about that. Um well, I have better idea. We'll release that as our super tweets. Those will be our super tweets. Those are our super Okay, yeah, perfect. Perfect. So if you want to see it, um, please su uh, subscribe to our super tweets. Super super subscribe. Super like. Yes. Super follow. There we go. Super. I think, yeah, yes, yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it right. I got it right. Uh, um, something that bothers me at the end of this episode is Data lying perfectly flat on the floor. Um, yeah, like, when, what, did they wake him up? Was he sleeping? Well, in, in reality, what would have had to have happened was Graves in Data's body walks into... I guess that was still Data's room at the time, right? Right. Um, uploads himself to the computer, and Data would have had to just like slump down on the floor in like a crumpled mess. Yeah, it's not it. The logistics of this consciousness uh, uploading is never touched upon. I don't think it really needs to be, but it is strange to to have Data in the middle of the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and you know it's also. The the second time Data finds himself in that position at the end of an episode after someone's impersonated him. What was the first time? Is that was a lore? Lore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just strange to me because they come up and they're like Data, Data, and then Data opens his eyes again as if he was just taking a nap and someone's right, voice right. woke him up. It it would have it would have been fine to like have him. They enter the room. He's standing there. His backs to them and to the camera. Yeah. And like uh. Graves, uh, it's time to, it's time to give it up, old man. And then Data turns around, Captain. <laughs> where is my beard? Uh, this this is where it would have benefited from yeah, an earlier introduction of Spot, because Data turns around holding Spot, petting his cat. Yes. Which yes. earlier in the episode, Graves had established a dislike for, and there's this very right. easy visual representation at Data's back. Wow, wow! They should have listened to you more, huh? I'm a genius. I mean, Spot was your idea. Spot was my idea, down to the name and to the breed. Mm-hmm. What's nice about introducing a cat is that cats breed pretty openly, so it's very, very easy to replace it should it die. <laughs> oh yes and i'm sure we'll have plenty of stories about that you guys don't know the half of it 
Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we have spots. I think by the end of the run, we had gone through spots one through seven. Right, right, and and you'll notice that we don't have a disclaimer um, at the end of the episode. That's true. It's uh, you gotta break a few eggs to make an episode of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what's more important, a cat's life or the next generation? The next generation, and not the next generation of cats, mind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're just as disposable. Exactly. Exactly. So do, you so, ha- do you have any final things to touch on here? I don't really know. Be- so nothing it, new. The he uploads his consciousness, and they make sure to say it's just the information. It's not his consciousness. It's not a yeah. They, yeah, which is dumb. They it is dumb, and they have an, a man's entire life memory uploaded to their yeah. computer which i um, guess whenever I, somebody scans the ship's computers they also get so they're like all right yes. we, <laughs> we have um here's the information on their on their shields uh here's the schematics <laughs> of um engineering here's the first time this guy had sex 80 yeah, years ago yeah. here's here's dr graves's child bride um weird thing to never be touched on again in the main series yeah certainly and i i kind of wish there was a happy ending for graves you know i wish they had kind of preserved his uh personality on like a usb stick and said you know when we make another android this one's for you would have i mean they went through the effort of preserving moriarty could... Right. And look, they they could upload Moriarty into a fucking android. They, he he just broke Star Trek, this guy. This character, Dr. Graves, just showed them how to upload a personality into a robot. And they literally do have his knowledge. I was about to say, well, he so, never well, showed them, but no, they they have everything that they he have knows. It. Yeah. So, I I don't see how this couldn't have had like a a, a happy ending for everyone. What are the implications of this for the story of Picard? Um, Star oh. Trek Picard. We'll get there. <laughs> Sorry, I sneeze every time somebody talks about oh. Star Trek Picard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone saying your name. Right, right. Only more tragic. Um, right, right. Yeah, I think this episode is uh, we- not only weak, but disappointing relative to its premise. Sure, yeah. Um, you've convinced me. I concede that. I still appreciate this episode, again, as I've said so many times, for Brent's um, performance and, you know, alongside um, Dr. Graves' actor performance. Um, I, why can't I remember his name? Did you um, like that performance uh, of the actor? Uh, not, yeah. Not Brent? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It, it was... Uh, hmm? It was one of those performances that was very very not star trek tng which is good um yeah it's just a much more emotive performance but i right i don't know if i have genuine praise for it or just low expectations of this series well i guess that that could be i mean it's it's always inherently fun when a bombastic personality clashes with the bridge crew yes which has been the the crux of several other episodes before even mm-hmm. even the skin of evil 
<laughs> well, that was not an interesting episode in the slightest. <laughs> I uh, it was kind of funny. I our, I our bullying episode. I I look back at that thing, the the skin of evil itself, pretty fondly. Right, right. It's just so silly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, laughing about but the yeah. star monster. Yeah, I th- I think that's um that's about it for for my opinion on it. Um, you've you've definitely convinced me that I hate this episode. It's, it's but no, I like it. I like it. It's I'm glad to have it go this way this time. We've definitely had it where you've kind of changed my opinion. I'm mm-hmm. glad serving it back to you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for correcting my Star Trek opinions. Oh, of course. Uh, you'd be surprised how often I have to do this. Not just with Star Trek, but with a lot of things. Oh, come off it, Mitch. <laughs> when, when you're right, you're right. And uh, I'm right a lot of the time. North of well, 90%. Well, the Ensigns don't need to hear about it. Let's, uh, let's get to the question, huh? Yes, this is a time where I'm not right 90% of the time. <laughs> All right. A um, little bit of a different kind of question. Okay. Um, test, testing your, uh, your observational skills. It's, is this about the pictures that uh, were in that um, personality test? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't want to dredge that up. Um, I thought we weren't even going to really talk about it because you got so burned by it in the past. But um, if, if I knew that was on the table, I, I probably would have made that the question. Um, but no, uh, my question for you is what was significant about this episode's away team besides, you know, the unique Vulcan character herself? Um, what was unique about this episode's away team that um, only happened in this episode and never any other episode? So the away team was Worf, Troy, Vulcan, and Data. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say that this away team did not have Riker on it. Now, I... I think I remember an away team that was just um, Data and Jordy, but I'm not sure about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Jada. Right. Right. <laughs> Doherty. <laughs> or Doherty, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then that can't be it. I don't want to say that, because it, it's the only one that has this exact composition, because that's kind of, like, obvious. Yeah, 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 right, right. Um... And I don't want to say that it's the only one that had a hyper warp, hyper speed warp transfer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> thank, thank you for putting that up because yes, I didn't specify that. Um, this the key to this has to lie with Troy, I think. It kind of does. Kind, kind of. of. From a certain point of view, yes. Have have Worf and Troy been on an away team together before? That might be it. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that Worf and Troy have never been on an away team together before. Okay. Uh, that is incorrect. Got the you. unique aspect of the away team this episode is that there is no full human in the away team. Oh, that's true. 
Mm-hmm. That's funny. I didn't think about that. I mean, Troy's like yeah. the dark horse, not that's human. The that's the thing. Yeah, that's why I was like, it, it does kind of come down to Troy because you look at her and you're like, oh yeah, she's she's human, but no, she's half half Betazoid, um, and this never happens again. Get this. Get this. So something that something that absolutely does not matter yet still bugs me is when characters say that data's on his quest to become human by getting emotions and such and Mm -hmm. they say this to non-human characters who feel emotion and i'm not quite sure (laughs) if this is insulting or not yeah it's uh it's a little racist right like jordy at the beginning of the episode jordy's talking to troy who's half human but surely you know will represent her betazoid uh origins and he says, oh, you know, Data's on his quest to become human, and he's, mm-hmm. he's slowly getting there, and why not just become a sentient being? Or why not just be, why not just feel emotion? Why Why does it become human? And why, not, why not become Klingon? Right. And obviously the answer is that the audience and the writers are all humans, so that's a very easy, easily, easy to understand phrase to use. But um, yes, it feels like it should be more insulting than it is. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's, you know, you also have Vulcans who don't really emote. Right. This is true. So how about the Vulcans try to become human? <laughs> I mean, it's about time they try. Well, he's sitting around the pointy ears like they're better than we are. Unbelievable. Well... That's going to about do it for this episode of The Readier Room. Unbelievable, as always. Be sure to join us next week, where an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is on the menu. It's the only thing on the menu. And until then, everybody, please stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man Child. that in the history of many worlds there have always been disposable creatures. Beginning, 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 beginning.